Ops Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Clements. This show is devoted entirely to bringing some humanity back into the world of customer support. You can find us on the web at supportops.co, although you probably already know that if you're listening to the show. Um, you might not know we're on Twitter. We're there too. We are at supportops there. This is episode number 12, big 12. I uh, don't know if it's a special number, but we're making it a special number because I've got a special guest. Uh, Carolyn is with us. Carolyn is a fellow Tennessean, so sorry if the word y'all comes out during the show. It's going to happen. <laughs> you know, it's going to happen. More importantly for us, she's part of the Buffer team and the role of happiness hero, which is probably the coolest way of saying uh, customer support that there is out there. So everyone say hi to Carolyn. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. You've got a cape on, right? With a happiness hero? <laughs> That's right. And a magic wand and all sorts of tools like that. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> awesome. So uh, for people that don't know, um, kind of tell us a little bit about your background. It is a, it's an online app, Buffer, uh, bufferapp.com. Go check it out if you haven't. It's pretty handy. I've used it before. Um, but tell us a little bit about, about the, uh, the background of the, the team and all to set the stage for us. Sure. Well, I was the... Um the second happiness hero at Buffer. The very first was Alyssa. Um, and if you've ever emailed Buffer, um, you've probably talked to one of us. Um, and at the moment, there's actually three and a half people on the team who um, are completely devoted to customer support. Um, so, uh, and I say three and a half because one person is part-time engineer, part-time happiness hero, which is kind of an awesome role. Um, it's really useful for us. But um, yeah, so um, the interesting thing, I'm so glad you invited me on. The, the funny thing about Buffer as, um, as it relates to customer support is that um, it's one of our, customer support is one of our absolute central pillars to um, what we hold dear and what we think is important. Um, and so our two focuses are creating and providing an amazing product and also setting the bar for customer support. So um, and customer service and customer happiness and all those things. So um, that's sort of how I think how you got connected to me, right? Is it that um, that's been something that we've put out there as something that's extremely important to us and we, we hope that it continues to become even more important to other software companies. Yeah, it, it's kind of funny. Um, I Every now and then something comes across my radar and I'm just like, wow, this is awesome. And it happened with uh, Buffer's happiness report, which we'll talk a little bit about later. But that's how I, I knew that Buffer actually put a big emphasis on on interacting with a customer and that kind of thing. And it just kind of snowballed from there to, to get you on the show. I literally, <laughs> out of the blue, I was like, hey, would you come on the show just to <laughs> chat? And you said yes, and it was good. I was honored. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, so... You're you're three and a half with the yes. with the team there, which is hilarious. That's 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 awesome. <laughs> um, and and we're gonna come back to that because I want to hear more about the the programmer getting involved too in just a second. Um, but how many customers are we talking about each day? What's what's the volume like? Um, what kind of uh, what kind of numbers are you seeing? Is it just email, or do you do email and other channels? Or that's a good question. Yes, yeah, so we do primarily email, um, and for example. In January, we had an average of 165 conversations each weekday. So that's the number that um, you mentioned. Um, and we do primarily email, but we also really try and um, provide an amazing support experience over on Twitter as well. 
And that's been super valuable for us because sometimes people don't want to take the time to find an email address or they are already following us over there. Um, and it's really, sometimes it's a little bit easier to answer questions over there because you're sort of constrained by characters. <laughs> so um, we do a lot of email and Twitter and then um, we occasionally set up a Skype chat if it's necessary. You know, some people just would rather talk. Um, and so we can provide that level of service as well if somebody really wants that. Oh, that's awesome. So with your, your half happiness hero, um, that your programmer that you get involved, is it, um, do they just, and I say, I asked this because it was one of the posts that come out, um, earlier today, which by the time you listen to this podcast, it'll be last week. So go back and look for it. It's called the on-call programmer. Um, I just published that one today because people were asking about how at 37 signals we interact with, with programmers and that kind of thing. Um, so can you kind of tell me a little bit about how your programmer interacts with you guys? Do they just handle like tougher cases or more cases that are, are uh, got a little bug or something in them? Or do, are they answering like, how do I reset my password kind of emails? <laughs> sure. So that's a great question. And the way we approach it is, um, I think a little bit unique, possibly. Um, so we do have three full-time happiness heroes, and we um, answer as many types of questions as we can, ranging from how do I reset my password to I have a unique web browser that I use and the extension doesn't work, you know, um, ranging from the simple to the more challenging. Um, and so when our programmers get involved, when our developers we actually have um, a sort of a, as I mentioned, support is such a central philosophy to Buffer that our developers actually respond to five customer emails a day each. Um, so they help us out and it's a really good way for them to get a sense of the types of questions that people are asking. Um, and it's really, it's, it's really important for them to see those types of things and the, and the things that come up a lot, especially um, because then they know, you know, oh, this is an area of confusion for people. You know, we're happy to answer the same question 25 times, but at the same time, maybe that means that there's, you know, 100 customers who didn't take the time to ask and maybe they were just confused and got frustrated and went away or something. So um, in that situation, it's really great for our developers and our, even our, our founders um, answer support emails every day as well. So they're able to really keep a, a finger on the pulse of what's going on with our customers and how they're feeling and areas of confusion or things that are really awesome and um, ways that we can continue to meet their needs and all those things. Um, so that's how the, the full-time developers get involved. And then, yeah, we have Michelle, who's our, um, <laughs> her title is happiness engineer. And so <laughs> she does, she answers all types of questions ranging from how do I reset my password to um, she's a little bit more able to jump into the buggier ones as well for us. So <laughs> super helpful and it ends up working out really well. Cool deal. So as these emails are coming in, um, with, with three and a half of you plus, plus the rest of the team answering the five a day, uh, I, I'm guessing like you're, you're all pretty fluent in, in answering any emails. So you don't do any kind of specialization or, or anything like that. Yes, that's right. Um, we all answer all types of emails. Um, and the interesting thing about the way we actually handle it, which is different from some other customer support teams I've been on is that we don't claim individual cases or emails. So we don't actually say, okay, I'm going to take this one and follow the conversation all the way through because it ends up being a lot faster for the customer to receive multiple answers 
if we allow multiple people to reply. So as the time zones shift, um, sometimes you know a conversation will take place over 24 hours and a customer will end up talking to two or three of us, um, which is sort of an interesting way to do it because um, I think it has the potential to have a little bit of a call center feel when you don't talk to the same person, but it also ends up having a really positive effect of people knowing that there's a whole team of of us here who are willing to help you and who can help you. And you're not going to have to wait just because somebody has to, you know, take their dog to the vet or something. Um, so that's, that's the way we handle that is that everybody jumps in. We all answer all types of questions. Um, and, uh, it ends up hopefully providing a, a comprehensive experience for the customer. That's kind of a neat way to approach it because like you mentioned, it's, and I guess I'm possessive. I don't know. I, when I get a when I'm talking with a customer, I kind of like to see that entire case from beginning to end. Um, but I'm also possessive in the way that, like, when they reply, I'm constant. Like, it, I get a, a notification on my iPhone, and I can kind of reply <laughs> to them instantly. So um, that yeah. that's kind of a cool way to do it. Do how do your like do you get back uh, pushback from any customers, or is it more like they love knowing the fact that whenever they send a, a question in, they're going to get a response back pretty quickly instead of having to wait just because you're asleep. Yeah. So you make a really great point. Um, sometimes it's, um, you have worked so hard with one customer that it, um, you want to see it through. Um, and we are, I mean, all of us, the three, the four of us who do this job, um, are really very in touch with each other. And we'll often say, Hey, this person responded, did you want to grab it? Or is it okay if I do it? Um, and so we are, we do kind of, <laughs> I definitely identify with that of, you know, you followed the problem through or you want to, you want to know if that person ended up happy. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting that you asked that because a few people have provided some, and that's why I referenced, um, it having a kind of a call center feel to it. Um, mm -hmm. because I think that there is that risk of saying, you know, oh, well, I talked to someone yesterday and I talked to a different person today how do I know that I'm getting the best care? Mm -hmm. um, but the program that we use does have the entire trail of the email. And so we're always really, really careful about reading through the whole thing and making sure that we're up to speed before we jump in for somebody else. Um, and of course, there's so few of us that um, sometimes, you know, someone will email and they'll get one of us and then the other one will take over. And then, you know, for a long time, it was just Alyssa um, who was doing it. And then when I came on board, it was just the two of us. So, um, oftentimes people know that, you know, sometimes people know that these are the two names that they talk to generally. So, um, people sort of get to know us a little bit in that way, which is fun too. That's awesome. And, and you keep mentioning Alyssa and, and uh, we got references here and there to, um, different time zone coverage and that kind of thing. So I'm guessing, uh, kind of a remote team, right? Everyone kind of working out of a home office or something like that. That's right. Yes, we are a completely distributed team. Nice. Uh, what do so, you think about it? <laughs> that's an. It's awesome it's a big <laughs> like sticky point recently. Super, um, super relevant. Yep. <laughs> news about Yahoo and all that. Um, it's been um, it's it's a really important debate that's happening, and I think it's really worked for our team, um, and it's helped us. Like I said, with the time zone coverage, Alyssa is in London. I'm here in Nashville. Um, we have Osa in Australia. Um, and so it's been super valuable for us, both from the customer support side, customer service side, and also um, it allows us to hire really amazing people, really amazing developers from anywhere. Um, so 
um, that's sort of the the prose side. And also we we do. I, I should admit we do have an office um, in San Francisco, so there oh, are no, some people. No, not an office. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. We have one too. <laughs> so we do. We have. Um, we share some space with an amazing another amazing startup, um, and so we do have sort of a place to go and a meeting room. Um, so there is. You are welcome to work from absolutely anywhere, and not just allowed but encouraged. Um, but we also do have sort of a central space if there are people in San Francisco who want to go to the office. Um, so we, we sort of have a little bit of both worlds there. So London, Nashville, and then you said Australia. So you're basically running with the help of time zones and the miracle of, of those 24 hour support. <laughs> that's the goal. <laughs> that's the goal. All right. That's, that's the goal. The goal. Yeah. Any office uh, hours? I mean, are you working like, do you answer cases on the email? Uh, cases on the emails, <laughs> cases on the weekends, uh, or is it Monday through Friday in their own time zones? Yeah, so it's technically Monday through Friday, um, but especially with Australia covering, you know, when it's Sunday here, it's it's her Monday, mm-hmm. and then we so there's really only Saturday so far. Um, but you know, it, we say it's Monday through Friday, but if you work for a startup, it's not really ever Monday through Friday. <laughs> um, and um, Joel and Leo, who are our two founders, are extremely supportive of taking the weekends off, but. Um, it's pretty important to us to make sure that people do feel taken care of as much as we can. So we always try and jump in over the weekend and grab anything that's super urgent or um, just try and make sure that people know that we're still listening and you're not just out partying. <laughs> See, you're a lady after my own heart. It's I, I'm the same way. It's Officially, it's Monday through Friday. I work about eight to five or so. But you know, if you log in on the weekend, especially I'm a big football fan. So <laughs> during the the fall, if I'm sitting watching a game, I might have my laptop open. And if somebody says, "Hey, I can get into my account," I'm not going to wait till Monday for that. Just just yeah. go ahead and answer it. Exactly. Yeah. And we don't. Um, what we try to do, especially on those days off, is you know we certainly don't encourage spending the whole day in front of the computer, but. Um, it is great to just like jump in and answer five. And the fact that the whole team does that over the weekend, everybody jumps in and answers five. It actually ends up being um, really a, a sort of a, a work day in that sense, um, just because, you know, we can't answer everything. And of course, people travel and things like that. But we really try to do that whenever possible. So what kind of uh, support apps and tools are you using to pull this off? Because it's, I'm guessing it's a little bit more than just like a Gmail account. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, we use Help Scout to answer. Help Scout. Emails. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. I, I've got to get Nick on here. Uh, Nick Francis, the, the guy that did Help Scout. Uh, oh, I love he's, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> he's pretty fantastic. Just a plug. If you're looking for a, a uh, support app, helpscout.net. Uh, They're fantastic. They actually, he emailed me and was like, hey, uh, when I first started support ops or uh, six months and something like that. Anyways, we had just released uh, the brief guide to a better email. And he's like, Hey, we want to design this up a little bit and just kind of share it because it's a good resource. And that's how I, I originally met Nick. Um, but yeah. So what do you think of help scout? Yeah. So I was going to totally second your recommendation. <laughs> we think that help scout is fantastic. Um, they've been a really integral part to, providing that level of support. Um, I think the tool is really simple, but really um, advanced in the way that um, it covers all of our needs. So um, Help Scout for emails, which is fantastic. And another fantastic app we use to monitor our tweets is TwitSpark. TwitSpark. And that one's a little bit newer. Yeah. Um, Probably not familiar with that one, um, but I can wholeheartedly recommend it. It's really simple and really fast. Um, You can, you 
get your mentions almost instantaneously with them. So um, that's definitely a recommendation from my end as well. Um, and we often, I mean, obviously, those are the two um, tools that we use that are specifically customer um, interaction related, but we also use a couple tools that are really essential to our, our, our ability to function as a team, which is, of course, we're always in communication over um, hip chat and I've, I've used campfire in the past and, um, you know, it's, it's essential for a team to be really, um, able to communicate in real time and in groups and individually. So that's a really useful tool. Um, and we use text expander for, um, as I'm as I know you are familiar. Um, it is a godsend. I love that. Is, app. Yeah. And it's a really, um, I think it's really important for, customer service reps to know about text expander, but also make sure that, um, you don't sort of let it get out of hand because it's really easy to sort of rely on it for everything. And we try really hard not to turn our answers into sort of prefab responses. <laughs> um, so what we use text expander for primarily is sort of instruction based, you mm -hmm. know? So like if you're saying first click here and then click here and then click here, it doesn't make sense for me to type that every time. Mm -hmm. uh, but we always type the hello and, you know, some personal thing as well. So, um, that, that creates a really useful combination of both personal and really quick wins. Mm -hmm. Um, and as, as, um, I think we might touch on this a little bit later, but we also use a tool called Hively. Which and that rolls is... right into the next okay. question I was going to ask you. That's perfect. Yeah. So teamhively.com and I'll have all these links up in the show notes and then I will send all of them an invoice for sponsoring <laughs> um, this impromptu kind of thing. But it's great because it, sharing tools really helps out, especially when you're when you're looking for tools and kind of like text expander. You would never think that you need text expander until somebody shows you that. Right. Um, so teamhively.com. It kind of uh, basically gauges how the customer is feeling at the end, right? That's right. Yes. So what it does is includes a an, an ability for a customer to provide feedback on the experience, um, and it is in every single one of our email replies. So they have the opportunity to start off and say, "No, I'm not satisfied." Um, keep going, and then by the end, they can say, "Okay, yes, I'm satisfied." Um, and it's super simple. It's just. It's three happy happy faces. Well, it's three faces. <laughs> one of them is unhappy. One of them is sort of moderately happy, and the other one is happy. And so you can say, you know, here's how I feel based on this experience, and then you can leave a comment. And so that's been a really interesting experiment for us as well. So how are uh, customers responding to that? Do they appreciate having kind of a an outlet for that? Because I guess we, 37 Signals, we did kind of the same thing. We call it smiley. Um <laughs> And yep. it's, it's one of those, if I'm writing an email to somebody, if I, as a customer, writing an email to some, someone, I don't really want to tell them, hey, look, you suck in the email, <laughs> but exactly. I would definitely click on like the frown face so they know that I'm saying, hey, you suck or exactly. vice versa. You know, if I want to be like, hey, you are awesome. You're really nailing this. I want to let them know, but it might not be appropriate in an email. So what, what are your customers thinking about uh, Hively and, and how y'all been using it? Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head there and that the super valuable piece of it is, I mean, obviously the the most obvious value that we get from it is that we get to track how we're doing and how well our customers are feeling. Um, but the, the sort of secondary, really awesome piece of it is that 
it's a little bit more safe for somebody to interact with an app in that way and not have to respond to the actual rep that you just interacted with and say, yes, I'm happy or no, I'm not. So people are a lot more honest, um, which has been extremely useful for us just to make sure that we're, we're answering in the right way and that we're touching on the right things. And, um, and it's been, um, definitely uh, a learning experience for us as well, because, um, you know, there's, there's this risk and I, I, I'm sure that you guys can relate to this a little bit as well. And in general, we have, you know, extremely generously kind users. And so most of them say that they're happy at the end of the experience, which is really amazing. Um, and one thing that we just have to be aware of is that, you know, sometimes somebody might not take the time to say that they're unhappy. So, you know, we got, 97% happy in January. And so that feels like, oh, we're, we're great. We're done. That's an A plus. But, um, I think the risk there is that it can, it can be tempting to sort of, um, rest on those numbers cause they look so good. But, um, a th- 3% of people who don't feel like you answered their question or aren't, aren't happy with the response is kind of high. So, um, that's been sort of the, the, the challenge for us is making sure that, you know, 97 sounds great, but let's go for a hundred, you know? Yeah. That's, uh, I, I do the same thing, um, with smiley. We are, uh, you know, not only are, are we looking at individual scores, if you want to call them that. So, you know, I could get like a 90, a 95, a hundred or whatever, but we're also mm-hmm. looking at the group score. And, and for me, um, it was almost, I, not, not that I get obsessed with it, but it's always, you know, I want to get better. I, I mm-hmm. want to get a hundred smileys. It looks really great. Right. Uh, we've yeah. got a, a terrific person on our team, Marissa, who is the queen of smileys. She's always at a 98 or a hundred, just right there Amazing. all the time. Um, but you do have to realize that there are a certain amount of people that just aren't going to be happy for whatever reason. You're they're, You're not going to have a feature that they want. You're for, for some reason in the world, and it could be nothing to do with you. They, they, frown you they they give you a flat liner or something like that um and that doesn't mean that that you're bad it just might be them um now you'll know i i i mean i would know i i i guess this is me just assuming but i feel like i can always tell that when a customer is frowning me as opposed to like when a customer is (laughs) frowning like the app like I, i didn't have this feature now i'm mad so i guess that's a little different Yes, you're definitely right. Sometimes the response is more about your answer and um, or the content of your answer and not how you did as a customer service person. Because sometimes the answer is, oh, I'm sorry, we don't have that. Um, and sometimes that does result in brownies. But um, I think you're, you're right that even just the ability to say that as a customer, to be able to say, okay, well, I'm not happy with this answer. Even that is somewhat cathartic in, mm-hmm. in the customer experience is that you can say, you know, so, and that's the other benefit of, of Hively and Smiley is that you can, they can s- actually say that. And, and it also just demonstrates that we want to know. Um, and I think that that's really important as well. It, it says to the customer, I'm really interested in knowing how you feel at the end of this process. And, you know, I want to do better if, if I didn't do well enough or if, um, or even if the answer is no this time, I want to do well next time. So keep, keep the feedback coming, which is, um, a message that we try to send loud and clear. And I think that type of app really allows that. So like I said, check it out if you haven't, teamhively.com. We'll, uh, everything's in the show notes, so don't be trying to write this down as you're driving down the road or, <laughs> or whatnot. Um, 
actually saw that happen the other day. I uh, was walking by a gym and this woman was listening to a podcast and trying to write notes down while she was on the <laughs> treadmill and it was just a mess. Oh. <laughs> it, it, it did not go well. So the notes are going to be there. Don't worry. Um, so kind of shifting gears just a little bit. We, we mentioned earlier that Buffer's customer reps are, are called happiness heroes, customer heroes, that kind of thing. Why go... Um, you even have a happiness engineer, which I thought was clever. <laughs> I, I like that one. Um, why why go with that kind of title? Why go with that kind of name? Yeah, so um, this is sort of an interesting one, um, just because from the very beginning, Joel, who's the founder, has made answering emails as you know as as basic of a function as that is. He's made it extremely important to him and to the app and to the brand of Buffer and to the culture. Um, so it sort of evolved right from the very beginning where, you know, somebody who would sign up for Buffer, you know, this was back when he was wor- working out of his, you know, his bedroom um, and somebody would sign up for Buffer and instead of just sending them a, a welcome email that goes out immediately, he would go look at their Twitter account and he would learn a little bit about them and he would comment on something. Um, and that is sort of where it all began, I think. Um, and since then, it's just become really essential to provide a different level of customer service. It's not, you know, we're trying to get this answer out the door or we're trying to get you out of our inbox. We treat customer service and customer interaction as such a central piece of the buffer experience um, that we've tried to make sure that it doesn't feel like, you know, it never in any situation feels like, oh, well, this is just our, you know, it's just a customer service center. It's just a call center. It's just, you know, something that it's a necessary evil, you know, any of those things I think that sometimes um, support can feel a little bit like it's, it's really important to us and to him, especially that it never was that way. Um, And so it's also um, sort of the way we are treated, I think, as a team. Um, And I think that possibly some listeners of this podcast can probably identify with feeling like second class citizens as customer service reps. Um, And that's absolutely the opposite of, you know, it's absolutely not the case at all at Buffer. And um, they are really careful about the types of people who they allow to interact with their customers, you know, um, cause it's, and, and we need to be in a good headspace and we need to be completely supported. Um, so they've, they've sort of approached it in that way that it's not a customer. It's not just, you know, a support email. It's not just, um, something to check off the list. It's an entire happiness experience. Um, and so we actually, it's funny because a lot of times companies try to find ways to get fewer emails and we actually we love it when we get emails and we try to get more of them every time we send out a marketing email we write something about really you should reply to us because we want to hear from you and we all sit around and it's so fun it's roughly once a month or so and we send out an email marketing email that we all sit around and we just we talk in the in the main um chat room about the different replies we get. And it's really, it's, it's so important to us. So I think that's kind of where that name comes from is that it's not just about, you know, an email here and there. It's about making the customer feel like I am here and this is a relationship. And, um, this is something that we think is really important. And the best part is, is that you're always upfront about it. Like, uh, if you go over to the, the buffer, buffer blog, try saying that a couple of times, <laughs> uh, the buffer blog, um, there are, 
these happiness reports each month, each uh, every other month or, or so like that, um, in, in which you lay out, you know, here's the, the amount of people we talked to. Here's the 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 amount of people that we made happy. Here's here's everything that that can be said about our, our customer happiness experience. Um, so when you're when you're putting these together, when the team's putting them together, what uh, what numbers are you kind of watching as and thinking about um, because they do show up in the reports and I'm guessing you, you're kind of keeping track of them internally too. So like what kind of numbers uh, are you watching with your team when it comes to, to the support side? Yeah. So the happiness report is sort of Alyssa's baby. Um, she puts that together every month and she's amazing for doing it. Um, she has to, to jump into a lot of different areas to find all these numbers Um and what's what's sort of drew, drives that is the fact that transparency is super important to us. Um, so we're pretty open about sort of everything. If you will, will basically answer anything that you ask. Um, and so what we what we're trying to do there is make sure that um, we're being totally transparent about our support process, and and we hope that other companies can learn from our mistakes and our successes. Um, so we do. We do track a whole bunch of numbers, um, and some numbers we track to try and change them, and some we just track so that we know. Um, like we, one of our essential things is that we try to respond as quickly as possible, and so um, we always track you know, how quickly we're responding, what percentage of emails we're responding to in under an hour, um, and that one we obviously want to change. So that's something that we would always rather get to a hundred percent within an hour. Um, we're never anywhere near that because, um, we just aren't at that point yet, but it's a great goal for us. But, um, you know, we're always trying to move that needle. Um, but there are other numbers that we track that we don't think it's a good goal to try to move that needle. Like, um, we always, um, we know how many emails we're responding to each. Um, and it's great to set personal goals and, adjust accordingly, um, and try to move that if you think it's appropriate, but, um, just necessarily responding to more emails is not always a good thing because that might mean that you're not providing the best experience you can. And you're not going the extra mile to say, you know, here's one more question that you might've thought that you might not have thought to ask, but here's, you know, I, I know that that's the way these conversations usually go. So, so just in case this comes up, you know, being able to provide that level of, of support is really important to us. So we do track how many emails we each respond to, but um, that's more just so we know how, how we're doing and when we need to hire a new happiness hero, um, things like that. Um, oh, and we also, of course, track how happy people are reporting themselves to be using Hively and, um, and that, that tool that we already touched on. So, well, of course uh, you track that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, all of those types of numbers. Oh, cool. So with the, and this is the last one that we'll touch on with the, the happiness report, because I just, I loved it. It was a great idea. Um, thinking about stealing it. I, I don't know yet, but. Uh, Definitely. Yeah, <laughs> do it. No, it's amazing. Um, so in the last one, Alyssa mentioned that sometimes y'all kind of kicked into a method, uh, into a mode of, of kind of, she called it beast mode. So, which was <laughs> yeah. great because the first thing I, You've got to remember, I I am a, a kid at heart. I love comic books and that kind of thing. So here I am with happiness heroes, and then I see beast mode, and I'm like X Men. Yes, this is great. Uh, so what 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 is beast mode all about? Yeah. So 
Um, this is sort of um, a funny one for us. This has sort of become a little bit of an inside joke. Um, it's obviously not inside because we write about it. But um, so this came about back when um, Alyssa and I were the two happiness heroes. And we were starting to hit that point where we weren't able to provide the most amazing experience possible because we were just sort of running out of hours in the day. Um, and we noticed that it was affecting the way we were approaching our day. So Alyssa and I sort of had developed a solution of just working more hours. Um, and this is a real testament to Leo and Joel, our, our co-founders, um, who said, they sort of intervened and said, um, you know, this isn't going to work. You guys are going to get burned out. Um, it doesn't make sense for you to just work more hours and to just, you know, feel like you have to be always at your computer and you can't take a day off and you can't travel and, um, and all those things. So let's figure out how we can do this better. Um, and the funny thing about working more hours is that you don't actually end up accomplishing a whole lot more after a certain point. Um, despite your best efforts, you know, Alyssa and I were sort of drifting in and out of the inbox and then we'd get confused and, and tired and um, we were actually weren't accomplishing that much more. So we developed a schedule where, and it's really strict, we do 60 minutes of inbox. So we, um, we devote ourselves completely to customer emails or to TwitSpark and things like that. Um, and then we take a 30 minute break. And so beast mode refers to that hour. So we're, you know, we realized that if we just focus entirely for an hour um, and then take a 30 minute break, we're actually accomplishing exactly the same amount as if we just worked all day. Um, and so instead of, you know, we don't check Twitter during that time. We are, I mean, our personal Twitter, mm -hmm. um, you know, you don't log into Facebook, you don't do any of those things and you just sort of um, devote yourself entirely to the customer for 60 minutes. And then you have a 30 minute break and that ends up being, you know, a huge amount of time to sort of reset and, you know, go for a walk outside or um, read a book. Actually, Joel is a really big believer in reading during the workday. So he encourages us to, to read and um, sort of anything that makes sure that you're taking care of yourself as well, because you can't really take care of customers unless you're in a good headspace and you're doing, you know, the best you can for, for yourself and your own um, mood, I guess, for lack of a better word. Um, so that's what Beast Mode is. And it's, um, it's kind of that mindset of, um, I'm actually doing better for the customer if I take care of myself and I just work. Absolutely. I work as hard as I can when it's work time, but then I, I stop and I go have dinner with my family. Um, or I, you know, go to the gym or I go to a yoga class or whatever it is that, that makes you feel like you're yourself again. <laughs> so that's I what that means. It. That's awesome. Totally not what I had in my mind, but that, that's, that's uh, <laughs> I thought it was more like, let's break out the capes and that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Is yours, yours is more practical. <laughs> yeah. Um, it has resulted in, I mean, we came up with, I can't even remember who came up with the, the term for it. Um, but as you, as you say, it does result in in sort of more capes because within 60 minutes you can respond to, you know, 30 tickets or something like that if you, if you can. Um, and then that makes 30 people really happy to actually get an answer quickly and something, and they, they feel taken care of as opposed to just letting the inbox sort of build up because, Oh, well, I'll just do it after dinner. I'll do it at 10 or I'll do it this weekend. So that's turned out to be a really great experience for us. That's awesome. So, uh, 
final question because we're kind of running over. I, we try to do, you know, 35, 40 minutes with these. That way it's, it's not too long and, and all that. So final question. Tell me about the best customer experience you've ever gotten. But the, the catch is it's where you're the customer. So <laughs> you're the customer and somebody is helping you out. Go. Okay. Um, so that's, that's funny because um, I was actually thinking about that. And one of the ones that I was going to give you an example of wasn't where I was a customer, um, but it wasn't me who did it. Um, so I'll just, uh, let me tell you that well, I mean, story. That's fine. Yeah. We can do two stories if you want. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. We'll do two stories. Um, it's so, story time here at Support Ops. <laughs> so go make your hot cocoa. <laughs> um, so at my, at my last job, um, which is an email marketing company here in town, um, I, this wasn't me personally who did this. And um, I'm always extremely humbled when I hear all these types of stories of people who are so much better at their jobs than I am. Um, it's really an inspiring thing for me, um, to hear these types of stories, but, um, a woman had been, um, had been paying us and she, um, because it was a recurring service, she hadn't realized that she had been paying us. Um, and she was going through, um, she was suffering from cancer and going through chemo and radiation and was just, um, having a really, really tough time. Um, and she had this like sausage business or something on the side. I can't remember specifically, but. Um, she obviously hadn't been able to do that at all. And so, um, when she realized that she had been charged all this time, you know, cause her credit card had just been charged, she called us, um, and she wasn't even saying, you know, I'm so mad. I have my pitchfork. Give me my medi back. She just said, you know, I have all these bills to pay. Can you please cancel the service in the future? Um, and what our billing team did and our, which is part of our customer support team at my last job. They not only refunded everything from when she hadn't been using the service, but they also gave her, you know, a year free and they sent her flowers, <laughs> um, which was kind of an amazing experience for us to, to, to hear because when she called us back, when she realized what had happened, um, you know, the whole team was in tears. <laughs> um, you know, we were all just so emotional listening to her react to this because, you know, she, this was a tiny moment and, you know, nothing that we could do to make a huge difference in her life, but it, it provided her a moment of joy. And so oh, that's fantastic. Um, that was a super fun memory for me. Um, and so I guess if I'm the customer, um, I don't have a great story, but, um, it's funny. You should, I didn't, I wasn't sure if you would know help scout or not, but I was going to say, um, they provide the most amazing customer service. Um, and I, as I've mentioned, I am a customer of theirs. Um, and we use their tool extensively. I'm sending him an invoice. I, I would be like, Nick, look, this whole show, your name kept coming up. So That's just because they're so great. And if you email them, I mean, it's amazing. I've, I've emailed them at 10 o'clock at night. Um, and, you know, they're, I think they're in Boston. Um, so that's 11 o'clock for them because I'm on Central Time. And they always, they respond immediately or they're on live chat or they, and they always, they, it's so inspiring for me as a customer service rep to read their emails to me because they're not long and they're not effusive. You know, they're not, um, they're not super verbose, but they, the, the person always makes me feel like, Hey, I'm so happy to respond to your email. Here's the answer you were looking for. And that is just an amazing experience and it doesn't have to be elaborate. It's just a simple, really great experience. That's awesome. Um, cause there, you know, a lot of times, especially when you're dealing with support app, and support tools, that kind of thing, you, you kind of naturally expect that they're going to be at the top of their game. <laughs> right. Um, but it's always a pleasant surprise when it actually happens. We use uh, desk.com, 
which uh, used to be a Sicily. Now it's dust. They got bought by Salesforce and all that. Um, and there was one time last week where we were doing some security testing. Long story short, um, we messed up. And all of a sudden, our email inbox was getting flooded with yes. the security email test, the security test emails. Um, all said and done, I think it was like three or 4,000 emails flooded mm-hmm. in in about an hour and we were freaking out and it actually caused like we use Gmail as our inbox to kind of capture everything before it gets sent to desk and Gmail actually hit the throttle on us and said, that's it. You can't send out any more emails. Um, oh, gosh. <laughs> so everything was coming crashing down and we were like, what do we do? And then Graham Murphy over at desk um, stepped in and saved the day. Uh, and it was just fantastic. The, the level of that. support. So it's it's good to hear about other support teams getting it right. Yeah, and you know it's not an easy it's not an easy thing to accomplish as a team. Um, and so be nice to your customer service reps. <laughs> but um, it's also sort of um, I have this joke that it's like the best kept secret in technology companies that customer support roles are actually awesome <laughs> because you get to talk to really smart, really amazing people who, at the end of the day, say you know, hey, thanks, you've helped me. And that's a really awesome feeling. And that's where we'll leave it. I don't think I can top anything that's <laughs> after that one. That's that's perfect. <laughs> so you can actually talk more with Carolyn over at Twitter. She's at C-A-R-O-K-O-P-P. <laughs> yeah. So I could not, I don't even know how to pronounce that. So I'm just going to spell it. <laughs> yeah, it's Carocop. Carocop. There we go. Carocop. C-A-R-O-K-O-P-P. Yeah, and I would absolutely love to hear from you guys any questions or comments or anything. Um, tell me that, um, that things I could do better and, and ways that we, we could, Buffer could help you. I'd lo- definitely love to hear that. She's absolutely fantastic. Uh, website, if you're not on Twitter, because there are people out there that aren't. I understand. It's cool. Um, <laughs> same one, Karakop, C-A-R-O-K-O-P-P.com is uh, where she's at there. Uh, Huge thanks to Chase Livingston. You've heard him for the past two episodes. He's uh, doing the producing on this one, so he's behind the scenes. Let me know what you thought of the episode. So you can actually talk with me on Twitter, at SupportOps. Shoot me an email, uh, show at supportops.co. As promised, uh, the show notes with all the links and uh, the bill that I'm going to send to help Scout <laughs> is going to be at supportops.co forward slash podcast. While you're there, click on the iTunes link, rate the show. It goes a long way in uh, getting the word out and that kind of thing. Again, believe me, I don't like iTunes, the new iTunes either. Just it takes two seconds. Open it, click that you like the show, close it. That's all you got to do. Um, it, it's going to be awesome. So check us out, supportops.co. I'm Chase. And until we meet again, have an awesome week. Bye.